Hello, and this is not the awesome podcast. This is the Nerds Who Haunted Themselves, Series 4, Episode 4. And I am I am Zoot, a.k.a. Andy Hanks, and this is... Stuart Moraine, not Zoot. Not Zoot. Does that sound all right? Is that all right? Yeah, that sounds all right, yeah. yeah. You got the name right I got this the time. name right this time. After insisting with the awesome podcast. Um, yes, we are back again, post-con travels. Like a renegade hamster. Like a renegade hamster. With the ill behaviour. Um, yes, how have you been? Not bad, busy. Um, didn't draw in a little bit of sun we've had, I think. Yeah, that's gone now. Yeah, <laughs> the sun are over and done with. Um, yeah, not bad, thank you, yourself? Yes, not bad, I'm on a nice little holiday down to Dot Martin country. You did? Uh, Eating pasties. His house. You actually found this house? Yeah, it's easy to find. Mm. You can see it as you go. There's all the tourists are there. Yeah, it's actually a holiday home. <laughs> you can actually rent it out, so there's people staying in it. But you must get so pissed off if you paid all that money to rent that out just to fucking look out your window and see people going, uh. Was Dot Martin Martin Clunes? Yes. Ah. It still is. Is it still going, is it? Um, well, that's kind of... The last series was meant to be the last series, but they've also said they'd happily do more, so... Hi, this is the Dot Martin podcast. One of you better be dying. Um... Yes, so I did that whilst you were at Worcester Comic Con. I went to Worcester Comic Con, yeah. I tabled there. (laughs) I tabled there under my banner. Um, It was brilliant. Um, It was, no, it was really good. Um, I did really well. Some great, massive head by the end of it. You um, had massive head by the end of it. (laughs) Yeah, Craig was there. Um, (laughs) No, I had a massive head, as in I had really nice compliments. (laughs) And um, I'll tell you something, John Reese davis I was going to say, because that's, is... not, that's not a perk we're going to start throwing in the <laughs> <No. believers. laughs> It could be our unique selling point. <laughs> Come and get massive head at True Believers. Um, anyway, I can confirm John Reese davis is a very nice man. Good. Before it started, half an hour before it started, he came round to every single table to wish everyone luck and shook their hand. That's not that's what we do. Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was really nice bloke. Was he like, you know, I wish you luck. Secretly fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I curse your table. Yep. Remember, never toss a dwarf. Nobody tosses a dwarf. Nobody tosses a dwarf. Don't tell the elf. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's cool, because, you know, some of these... Where would we put him? C-list? John Rhys Davis. He's not an A-list actor, is he? No, but I put him above a C. I'd say a B plus. <laughs> I say a C plus, a B minus. B minus. He's a B minus actor. But he was in Indiana Jones, wasn't he? He was, and he was in Sliders. Yeah. I used to love Sliders. I can't remember Sliders. I remember when it came out. It was on BBC Two, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the but... one where they slipped from dimension to dimension, but they always showed the episodes out of order, so it was weird. Yeah. It was good Sliders. It was proper fucking nineties television. But we all know I've got a soft spot for 90s television. Yeah, we do. You've gone <laughs> on about it enough. So, but yeah, um, so what, was there much comics there? There was a, a few, yeah, yeah. it was not it was one of those Comic-Cons with the occasional comic. And the two standard yeah, comic there was, guests for... Yeah, there were two or three comic guests, and unfortunately the names have slipped my mind. We won't name them, because I made a slightly derogatory comment, so... Okay, <laughs> Um, but um, there, there were, you know, there were your usual Star Wars people there. 
Um, Robert Llewellyn was there. Danger on Jules. Norman Lovett. Who I actually got probably got to meet this time. Not just to give him a, a, a program yeah, we, that we, we take it off him. That. <laughs> that wasn't our idea either. Uh, very nice man. Um, See those three from Red Dwarf and Chris Barry, with the exception of Craig Charles, pretty much that Red Dwarf cast are now starting to become like the Colin Baker of. Yeah, they are a little bit. Cons, and they will pretty much turn up to a fridge opening. Yeah, it's like you'll open the Necron- Necronomicon from a. But it also, there was also another guy there. Um, who was under the you know he he played he was under the Red Wolf banner. Oh, you said about this. Yeah, he played Rimmer's brother for one episode, and he was there signing autographs. But weirdly, is he was also he also played the the Prime Minister in I think it was Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Was that was that Transformers movie? I can't remember. I've not seen it. Oh, uh, was it the most recent Transformers that had the Prime Minister in it? The Black Black Knight last night or something. Or... Yeah. Dark Knight, Dark Knight or, Returns, or that wasn't a Transformers movie, Trans- was it? Is it Transformers The Last Night? Fuck knows, who cares? Mm. It had a French hot rod in it, that was just wrong. Mm. But Anyway, so yeah, so that was Worcester, and it was great. Really nice to catch up with um, Ian Blakeman was there, and um, Missy Cake Emporium. That's her thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Jackie. Was Adam there? Explosive Barrel? Ad- Adam was there as well. Yeah, got hair, and there's a few other faces that I recognised, um, and I met Barnaby. Ah, Barnaby was there. Of course he, he was. was there, and I, I finally got to meet him. He didn't recognise me. I clapped him on the shoulder. Hello, mate! And looked at me. And went, oh, hi! You are you? He maced you in the face. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, it was a really good event. Really long day. Um, I was very happy with how I did, and yeah, very good. Did tempt Wiki into? putting himself out there. I mean, I know he tables as you at True Believers events. Well, uh, he d- he does, yeah. Um, I, I don't know, I, I don't think he feels he's got the stuff to sell yet, but I know he's might be working. He could have stood there with tails opened up on wages. He, we did. That's exactly, we kept fighting over it, because I wanted a front cover. <laughs> well, you could easily have slipped him one. Oh. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> if he gave you a massive head, the least you could do is slip him one. That's true, very true. Yeah. Oh God. Anyway, shall we move on? Yes. So, what have you been up to? We're <laughs> getting an explicit rating again. <laughs> you went to Leamington. I did go to Leamington. Yes. Um, uh, third year out of the four for me. Um, different venue again, inside a church. Really nice. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good comic event. focused. <laughs> yeah, good comic focused event. Um, could have done with a few more back issues for my liking, but as a fellow con organiser, I'm aware that getting people to come and sell back issues at smaller events... And as someone who helps out at comic events, is a bloody heavy. Yes, they are bloody heavy as well. But yeah, I mean, minor quibbles, I'm not going to... It's not my place to put forward minor quibbles. It just sounds petty coming from a fellow hmm. con organiser. But it was a really well-run event. It was enjoyable, I had a good time. Um I didn't stay all day. I missed the awesome panel that they did live, which, if anything, they could do with a few more things telling you what time things were on. But, um, but yeah, no, it was good. I really enjoyed the John Wagner talk. That was really good and really interesting. And um, sat directly in the front row opposite Tony <laughs> so I could stare into his eyes. <laughs> As he stared into John Wagner's eyes. Yes. 
And um, yeah, caught up with the Edmonton brothers, Daryl Thorpe. Uh, Daryl said he listens to this. Poor bastard. Hi, Daryl. He had that dead look. Haven't going learned, his eyes, yeah. like somebody who'd listened to this. So, um, yeah, caught up with his from Cardiff, which will be at uh, Sice mm-hmm. Cardiff Independent Comic Expo on the second of June. So, or I will be. You, you're more than welcome. I'm coming. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll come. You're not bringing any of that I am Zucci, are you? No. <laughs> you can have one thing. <laughs> oh, I'll take my favourite. <laughs> But don't lose it. You can um, tell you're a father, can't you? Yeah. But yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Did we, whatever friends did we see? Uh, did you see? With John Late, um, Susie and the Beard were there, so speaking to them. Um, yeah, like I say, speaking to the Edmonton brothers, consoling them after their, uh, you know, disappointing Kickstarter. Oh, crikey! Oh, yeah. I mean, how do they? How do they even bother getting up in the morning? I, I don't know. Um, what did you say it was in the end? Nearly just under a quarter of a million. <laughs> They only wanted a thousand quid. I know. It's shocking, isn't it? Just they should have tried harder. Hmm? They really didn't guess very well, did they? <laughs> Their estimation was well off. <laughs> we um, saw James Lawrence, um, Legend of Mariposa. Um, he still hasn't done another issue with that, although it is online as a web comic. But I don't really do web comics, unfortunately. <laughs> um, finally bought Vanguard, but one from Dan Butcher. Uh, Took the piss out of Vince. Uh, uh, as, yeah, absolutely. Saw Alex from Pipe Dreams, saw a couple of other people. Um, yeah, had a really good time. Um, say, Cat got really tired quick because she'd had her injection the day before, so that pretty much wiped her out. So I think she was getting fed up because I can happily walk around and talk to the same people or different people, but her and the kids, not so much. So, but they went off and did sat in the cafe while I went to the John Wagner panel. And um, Daniel coloured in a superhero mask, and they had a Hulk buster there. Which, and there was a guy dressed as a Green Power Ranger. So uh, he was happy. That, that ticked two of their boxes. Um, I saw the um, the, the uh, Hulk buster. Very cool. He was very cool. He's very cool when he danced as well. It reminded me a little bit of. You know, and I can't remember his name, but you know the bit in the labyrinth um, at the end when the, the two doors close and the, and the big machine comes out the doors? So that I don't break your heart, I'm going to say yes. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes! Liar, bloody hell, we could fall out over this. Do you know they're making a um, a musical? A Broadway... Yes! No, you didn't know that at all, <laughs> did you? And I'm very excited oh, for it. Oh, moving on. <laughs> Bastard. I love the labyrinth and the dark crystals. <laughs> it was dark crystals. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, took a little wander up into Leamington. There's fuck all there. <laughs> um, yeah, so went back to the con. Like I say, it was in a church. Lovely venue. Um, yeah. It's very nice. Um, lots of pillars and <laughs> that's the equivalent of saying what do you think of my artwork nice frame hi Wiggy <laughs> <laughs> nice pillars no it was a church so there were lots of pillars and shit so I resisted the temptation to do the John Travolta isn't this religious thing from a face off that's a film I haven't seen for years well see I'm said to you the other day, having watched Under Siege recently on Channel 5, that we should do a uh, action movie special. We'll do that next time. 
I'll watch Commando especially. Sort of that period between 85 to about 98. Sort of Commando to face-off kind Can of period. Can we go a little bit earlier than that? Why? And get... Um, when was Predator? See, that was 87. Huh. I'm, I'm going to throw down a stipulation that it's pure action movies because if we have Robocop and Predator in it, it's going to be pointless talking about anything else. That's true. And I consider both Robocop and Predator more sci-fi. Yeah, but there's a lot of action in Predator. I mean, Predator's they can, very they can be a footnote, but they can't be included in... I'm talking like your diehards, your Under Siege, your Commando. I've not seen Under Siege. Have you not seen Under Siege? No. How have you not seen Under Siege? I haven't, which is the one where Drobby is a chef. Is that Under Siege? That's Under Siege. I've not seen it. <laughs> it's Die Hard on a boat. Right, so you need to watch Under Siege. I think mm-hmm. it's on Amazon. Have you got Amazon Prime? Nope. I'll have to dig out the disc. <laughs> is it on? It might be on Sky Movies, on Sky Cinema. Yeah, it might be. I'll have a look. I'll watch Under Siege for you. I can't believe you've never seen Under Siege. I haven't seen Under Siege. Get it in your head, I have not seen Under Siege. So you're like 39 years old and you've never seen... I haven't seen Under Sieges. You've never seen Erica and Alan Express. Was she in a cake? Yes. That rings a bell. (laughs) So you're talking about breasts. Hang on a minute. (laughs) Ah yes, I clearly remember the day I watched that. It was a Sunday morning. (laughs) I watched that bit at least five times. Didn't care for the rest of it. I remember that bit being much longer, unless they cut it down for telly. I remember it being... I remember mine being much longer as well. Oh, no. <laughs> you can just stick it in a cake. <laughs> anyway, come on. Right, that's the next podcast. This if is this podcast. If it helps with stiffness. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. So, yeah. So that should be our next one, I think. So. Well, let's do this one first. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's make it through this one. So what are we talking about today? Well, well, have we got anything else to talk about first? Should we do, like, the True believers roundups, where to find us, all that sort of thing at the end, and sort of get into the main body of this episode? Yeah, but will that carry on while we get time to? Do I get it before the crap out of the way first? <laughs> well, that's very true. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we launched the mailer. Yes, God, we've just launched it. How many, what, four or five weeks worth? Five, now? We, oh, I think the sixth I'm week sure we just talk, talked out. about it last podcast. I think we did talk about it having gone out, but it's it's... It's a, been going long enough now that it's a consistent thing. Mm. I'm determined to put it out at least... I mean, I put weekly-ish. There probably will be some weeks where it doesn't go out, but my goal is to get it out every week, which means I've got to write nonsense every week. So every Monday? So every Monday, and the mailer kind of leads in a little bit into one of the things we're talking about, because mm-hmm. I wrote a little piece about Superman in it. Um, that'll be Superman, then? That'll be Superman, yeah. No, it's the MCU. Mm-hmm. Just giving back to Marvel. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's going out. People like it, or you know, some people tell me they like it. Not the majority, but is anyone giving? Is anyone's unsubscribed? Yeah, unsubscribed yet? Not so far. That's because they've gone straight to. They're just not read it yet. Yeah. <laughs> They're saving them up <laughs> <laughs> when they got insomnia. Um, but yeah, it's got your usual. We have a little quote at the top, a uh, little brief introduction, then a bit of TBCF news. Uh, this week's with a shout out to the people who support us. Um, then a nerds who haunt themselves piece, which I write or you've done. You did one on digital art, didn't you? Yep. And um, so yeah, I've done two. Or was that two? something else? What did you do? I did um, leveling up as well. That was your oh, was a creator tip. Okay. Yeah, we have a tips from the creators section, which. Last week, 
I didn't get time to speak to anybody, and this week, I forgot. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just been one of those weeks, man. Um, yeah, and then we put a roundup of other small pressy things going on, so we've shouted out other events that you should check out. Uh, Kickstarter, as we try and put at least one in there when we there's one happening that we think you should check out. This week's one was... Uh, Ghost Island issue 3's on Kickstarter at the moment um, which is described by them as Jurassic Park with ghosts instead of dinosaurs, not people the people are still there ghosts instead of dinosaurs before you get pernickety are they ghosts of dinosaurs? issue 4, that's an idea I'll bang that over Mm. or you know, the final twist reveal ghost dinosaurs it was just the the, the park manager in 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 a mask Pesky kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we put in the Draw Something Sunday things from the previous day. Cause I can't believe we've gone over, we've done that for over a year now. Yep. Consistently. Week 54 this week. Week 54. With, we missed a couple of weeks out for like Christmas and stuff. Oh, do we? So we're nearly a year then. No, we're over a year. Yeah, but if we missed a couple of weeks. Would we be, if you put in those weeks we missed, we'd be on week 56. Oh, okay. Just oh, I see what you mean. Got you. So, yeah. so yeah, that's been running. And we had a really good week. Not sun, not yesterday. Mm. The uh, week before. Yeah. We had loads of people on it then. Oh, this Sunday was good as well. Steve, I know Steve Sims. Steve Sims did in. one, yeah. Yeah, it was quite nice. The suggested theme for people who needed a theme seemed to work quite nicely. Yeah. You did a naked woman, because that's what Superman is to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's a wigging drink talk. Okay, um, I'm talking. Um, I'm talking. I'm talking. No, Sorry. I did. I did an all-day life drawing yesterday, so I didn't really have time to to do it to do a Superman piece. So I just stuck a couple of Superman logos on her nipples. You self-edited. I did. I I self-edited. That was a really good one. And as as a follow-up, we sort of talked about it before, but we should talk about it on here. How did it go down at Life Drawer and you whipping out a tablet and drawing on that? <laughs> no, really interesting actually. Yeah, it was quite a good follow-up because I, I did on. When I wrote a piece for the newsletter, I did mention on that about... Um, mailer. Mailer. A mailer, sorry. What did I say? Newsletter. Newsletter. Completely different legally. <laughs> um, I, I did mention on there about people's reactions, arty-farty people's reactions, because, you know, it, it, it's like um, taking, you know, typing a, le- a book on a computer as opposed to writing it by hand. A letter thing. book. A letter book, yeah. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> um, but no, it went down really well. I had a lot of interest. It was like, you know... Some of this, you know, a, a newfangled machine that I brought into this this room, and everyone was quite interested in it. But no, I, I did get a few people asking me, "Was I working from a photo?" Which got really confused because a model was right in front of us, so I don't quite. I, and the the models do. Well, kind don't you just of, take a photo and then a five it. Yeah, absolutely. The models do kind of frown at you if you want to, if you pull out your camera <laughs> and take a photograph of them. Um, at least not without permission. Especially if you're leering. Yeah. Go on, rub them. <laughs> um, so, so I thought that was a bit odd. But no, yeah, it was quite successful, I think. The, the, the only problem is I do it more often, but it's a real faff setting it all up and then putting it all away again afterwards. And it does take longer. Um, it, it is quite a, you know, it does, it's a longer process, really, when you do this painting. Because for a start, you're working in colour as opposed to when I used to work with pencils and chalks. So I couldn't just... Uh, I do two hours every Tuesday, and I couldn't really do a digital painting then because I just wouldn't get it 
anything by decent the time you set up, you'd have to. Yeah, you know, once I got me, me my basic lines in, it'd be the end of it. That might be an interesting follow-up piece for one of the future mailers. What? The experience of using it in life drawing. Mm, absolutely. Because yeah. is it is it Wacom tablet? So it's, yeah, Wacom Wacom. Because I've seen lots of people posting pictures of them using their Apple iPad Pros. Yes, which are very with good. Their pencils. Yeah, which apparently are very I've good. I've been looking at it and thinking, oh, if I had the money. What about what? Apple's a Pro about eight hundred quid now. Mm, probably. Um, <laughs> like you say that, like I can just reach behind me and pull eight hundred <laughs> quid off the shelf. Well, you're a successful Comic Con. Um, uh, 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 Dealer, I was going to say. That. Yes, yes. Yes, you are. Yes, successful. Yeah, established. <laughs> Rolling in the money. Yeah, from um, my overpriced tickets. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, apparently they're very good. A few of the people uh, um, I found out uh, a live class have got these. But uh, two people told me, "Oh yeah, I've got the iPad and I've got the, the pencil for it, but I've got out of the box yet." Well, that would be a good start, really. Oh, and the pencil alone's about 100 quid, I think. That's like fucking Star Wars. Ben Kenobi giving Luke a lightsaber for the first time. Yeah. And him just going, ta, and putting it in a box. Yeah. That's kind of what he does, though, isn't it? He turns he it on and moves it around a bit. I mean, then he sticks it in his box. I mean, he at least gets it out and gives it a wave around. Yeah. Which, don't do that in Stranger's Houses. What are you doing? Right, okay, so, yeah, so that was that. So that was that, so... Yeah, somebody used a tablet to do one of the life drawing things at one of the True Blues, didn't they? Wasn't it the summer one? Wasn't there somebody drawing on a tablet then? One that was the, a yeah, that was an iPad Pro. Kids, yeah, yeah, iPad Pro. Yeah. So you wouldn't give it to us, so we could put it with all the other pieces of paper we collected up. Yeah, it was worth a shot, but damn it. But yeah, no. Um, it's interesting. Are you tempted to go the iPad Pro route? Uh, yeah. <sighs> Um, if I didn't have the Cintiq, I might. But I've got the Cintiq. I, I suppose. Yeah, no, no. The answer is no. Okay, I didn't know if it, like you know, as a more portable thing. Yeah, that's the only thing that would do it. But it, I couldn't really justify the price. I've got the Cintiq. Yeah. I mean that that costs quite a bit, and I couldn't really justify. I I have heard, and don't get me wrong, I've heard they are as good as Cintiq, and I've heard that from a few people who know about it. In fact, on the awesome. Um, um, web um, Facebook awesome page talk. Yeah, they they were on about this exact thing about iPad Pros. Yeah, because I noticed it there first, and then Nick Angel posted up a picture of something he'd yeah. done on his, and I think Susie Gander had done something on hers. Yeah, I mean my brother-in-law's got one. I have Mux Rand on one, and they do seem very good, and they would do the job. Cool, um, but yeah, like I say, I think as I practice more and more drawing on pe- with pen and paper. Mm. I fucking doing my Superman yesterday, the blue ink started Which is why it looks a bit... Are you interested to try a digital? Potentially. I've like tried it with my phone with my finger, because I've seen some people do it, and they're fucking mm. amazing at it. Mm. I just shit. Just fat fingers. But I, I have been tempted, and my Samsung tablet, we used to play that drawing game where you'd send a drawing, you had to guess what it was. Yeah. Thing. And that was good fun. I think with a bit more time and patience and learning, layering and all that stuff, mm. then I think I could potentially do it. But I suppose it's the same with anything. Isn't it? Same with colouring pens and that. Mm. How you go from a flat blue colour to shade into mm. give a dimension, that sort of thing. And there's a certain it. knowledge about the program as well, though. Exactly, you've got to work out how exactly how the program works and stuff like that. And when you're working on the tablet. Um, not like mine, where we were actually drawing into a screen. But if we're working actually on a, a like an old version, 
um, you've got to get used to drawing on the, on the table and it appearing on the screen in front of you. Yeah, I think at least with a like iPad Pro kind of thing, yeah. you're looking at what you're yeah, drawing, so which be... is like my my Cintiq. Yeah, my, my Wacom does that as well. Because that would always be the other thing that would throw me is drawing here, but having to look at a you screen. You do get there. used to it. Mm. I suppose you would, but I suppose it's a bit like life drawing. You draw well, a little bit without if, looking. If you think about it, it's exactly like on a mouse. If you're using the mouse, you're not looking at the mouse. You know. <laughs> It's like when you're typing, isn't it? Mm. As soon as you're aware that you've not looked at the keyboard for a little bit, you look at it, and that's when you start fucking up. But no, when you when you're live drawing, mate, you, you do look at the, what you're drawing. You don't. You're not just doing no. But work. I mean, you're looking, and you sort of you're not constantly looking at the page. Mm. I don't know. I think you do. Well, you can't be because how are you looking at the model otherwise? Well, you're not tracing it. You look at the model. You'll see where you're going. Then you're coming down and you're drawing on the thing. You're looking back up. You'll see what's happening. That's what I mean. But when you're drawing, you're constantly looking at the page, unless you're using reference. Absolutely. Yeah, but you're not drawing while your eyes are on the model because they can't see the pencil. You know, muscle memory a little bit. You just do a curve or whatever. (laughs) F (laughs) five. Um. Yeah, so anyway, speaking of people drawing at the summer event, the summer event's coming up. It is, yeah. In the summer. Slightly earlier this year. Yep. Sunday the 5th of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just announced that the awesome pod guys will be there. Yep. So, and we're potentially looking at trying to get another guest. Yes. We set it up as a, wasn't going to be a guest sort of event. Um, Have you put that in motion yet? No, not yet. I was mm. going to speak to you about drafting the message to him kind of thing. Okay. Um, or her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we we're gonna. It was the first one, sort of, was a last minute kind of thing, wasn't it? It's yeah, but bloody good. It was put together as a uh, stopgap while Lemon um, Lemon to Melcham had their year off, and then Melcham decided they weren't coming back, and yeah. people enjoyed. Well, you know, said they enjoyed the event, which is all the encouragement we need to do something again. Because we'll never learn. Mm. Um, I liked it. It was a different... I really liked it. It was a really... I liked that because it was summer and we were lucky with the weather, we could utilise outside, Mm. which I think gave it a bit more of an open feel. And Blackfriars is such a light... Well, that one hall, anyway, is such a light venue. And um, we deliberately only had the tables going around the edge of the room, so it felt Mm. more roomy, which meant taking photos. It always looked quieter than it was. Seems to be the curse for us, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. At some point, we need to be like, we're really busy. Somebody take a fucking photo. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. It was, like I said, on to Tony from Awesome Pod. We had about 250 people through the door, which doesn't sound like a lot, but they were all sort of focused. But for us, quite a small venue. I mean, it was massive. For a small venue with just the Edmonton Brothers as guests. Yeah. That That was a really good pull out and I think we put on I want to up our game with more things to do for kids say my kids get bored at events that pass the parcel well, I don't know just something daily and ice cream they could spend ages in the entertainer when they got a nerf gun shooting at a target we could have nerf guns we could have nerf guns mm-hmm. and then we could keep them afterwards and have a big nerf fight yeah I've got a nerf gun I've got a nerf gun I've got a hand solo blaster nerf gun oh yeah yeah I've got a maverick nice and pop gun. No, not that Maverick. <laughs> It'll only end with both of us having one of those great big fucking fifty pound yeah. <laughs> fires everything kind of the big chain gun thingies. <laughs> Stood there like predator mowing. 
But yeah, so so yeah, we're working on the summer thing, like I say. Uh, tables still available, not many, but there are still some tables available. Um, any small press people who want to come. Again, very comic focused. Um, open to have some back issue sellers there, but like I say, getting back issue sellers to smaller events is getting more and more difficult. Mm. Cause, and I can understand it from their point of view that by the time they've unloaded, lugged everything, sold enough to cover their costs, it's not really worth their while. It's a double-edged sword, I think. Because until you get more people willing to come to sell packages, I mean, we're lucky at the main true believers is we have a really good selection. I think. Yeah, really. We have about ten to twenty tables of people selling back issues, Mm. and back issues that go back quite far. Because that's the other problem is some back issue sellers only go back like the last ten years, which for somebody like me who's deep into nineties, it's not quite far enough. Was it the first year when we had one that had all the rare comics, or the first or second year, all the rare comics pinned on onto a board? Or the old ones, like I think they had um, Amazing, Spider number, Amazing Spider-Man number one on We have there. that a few years, of people with rarer mm. ones up on boards. But I'm never sure of the value of mm. rarer ones. and I think I'd be afraid to look at a comic if I spent well, just, yeah. double, triple zeros on it. It's like when it's a comic, you've got to look at it, but you've got to take it out of the bag, but... Where do you stand on slabbing? I know you're not a big comic collector anyway, but... Sorry? <laughs> slabbing your comics. Oh, I thought you meant gardening. It's, it's something that I probably I want to look at covering in a mailer, but... Um, I've never done it. I've never... I, I, yeah. I've never got the appeal. No, I'll back you can't on, do anything I'll with bag it, and board to try and protect it, but it's you always nice every it. so often to be going back through your collection and just open it up and the yeah. smell hits you of the comic. Oh, weird. Obviously. Do you not smell your comics? No! I'm not alone in this. There are comic sniffers out there. <laughs> do you know? Uh, or like, do you think people can tell you what comic or what year it is just by the smell of it? No, but there's something about that print smell. From that sounds, the old that smells like a 19th century action, that one. There probably is, somebody. You never smell a comic? Well, yes, but not deliberately. I haven't decided, you know... You know what? I could really fancy smelling a comic about now. But isn't smell like your most nostalgic sense really? a familiar smell can take you back to yeah but old paper yeah but it's the old paper in the I'm not alone in this don't make me be alone in this come on everyone alright let's have some comments on this if anyone put some comments on, on the on the uh, Facebook page nobody uses the Facebook page does anyone sniff comics are you a comic sniffer I'll put it out there I've got to do it now I'll put it on my personal page why not put it on True Believers? Because they actually, people read that. No, they don't. <laughs> right, okay, we're hoping that. I'll say something else. So put it on the Awesome Talk? No, because then I'm plugging it. I won't put it on there, it's going to seem weird. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly, it seems weird because no one does it. But people do do it. You're, you're weird. No, I'm not. You're weird. You don't use all of your senses. I mean, admittedly, I don't lick comics to get the taste sense, but... Hang on, you don't read comics. You've got how many how many years of back issues have you not read yet? No, no, no. I read some comics. <laughs> I haven't read all of the comics because I'm kind of stuck in that loop now. If I can't read this one, because I should probably read the previous one, so then we're caught up. But you've sniffed all of them. I don't sniff all of them. They changed once they went to that digital sort of. Oh, I see. They changed their vintage. Print. 
it's not the same, is it, anymore? It hasn't got the right aroma. I'm not alone in sniffing comics. The Curving Klein brought out a comic scent. You'd buy it, wouldn't you? No, because I don't wear aftershave. I don't want the smell of comics. I just <laughs> like the smell of comics. It's like going into an old bookshop. You've been banned from them because you've been sticking your nose in the pages. I'm not like one of those... You've been wiping your nose in the Dickens. Socks or something. You've got a fetish. You've got a comic fet- You've got a sn- comic sniffing fetish. I'm not alone. If Sarah Harris listens to this, she might back me up. So if anyone's got any old soiled comics, they want to send to us. Or should just go, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> um, message Sarah Harris right now. No, I don't know. She might be busy. <laughs> sniffing comics. Right. So they like the older, the more soiled, the better. No, it's not like that. It's so just, it must be well-thumbed. You don't even have to go in and sniff it. You can just open the book and it's just got a smell. Oh, all right, I'm not going to win this. You're not going to win it, no. <laughs> You're weird, not me. Are you going to find something smelly? Smell a comic. I'm currently sniffing Batman Nightfall. Volume 2. <sighs> it right, smells you, minty. You're just weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. There is a smell there. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's not even a strong smell, because that's from a trade. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this took a weird turn from me just saying that, you know, there's something about the smell of comics. We've uncovered your fetish. It's not a fetish. So when you're getting amorous with your wife, do you kind of rub a Superman on her? No. Oh, no wonder my life drawing yesterday turned you on. No, it was digital. It didn't smell right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great ending. F5 does nothing more. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Speaking of old comics. Yes. Superman nice, turned nice, 80. Nice segue. See, I, I can fucking give Vincent a run for his money on segues. <laughs> so, 80 years of Superman. 80 years of Superman. 1,000 issues of action comics. Which I honestly thought when they did their everything went back to number one. Mm. I would never live to fucking see it. Mm. But they carried it on. And when they went back to the original numbering, they included the 1 to 52 or whatever it was of the new 52. Yeah. That gap, they just left a gap in the numbering. So if it ended on 400, it came back on 453. Spidey did that as well. Amazing Spider-Man did that years ago. Nobody wanted that continuity to end because I think everybody was hoping it would hit 1,000. Mm. But eight years, that's pretty impressive. Not the first comic to do so. Yes. Mm. I think Detective can't be far behind. I don't know whether Detective went back to its original numbering as well Mm. with Rebirth. But yeah, because it's got to be... Batman was a year later, wasn't he? So next year's got to be 80 years of Batman. Then I think Wonder Woman was a year or two years after that. Mm. But 80 years is impressive. Incredible. I know you're not a massive Superman fan. I am not. Because you like Man of Steel, which clearly shows you're not a Superman fan. Well, the movie? Yeah. I did not. Didn't you? No. You did. You told me you did. I'm not even sure. I've seen it. I was probably just to wind you up. Uh, yeah, fair I couldn't remember seeing it. The character of Man of Steel I like. What, Superman? John Henry Irons. Ah. Steel. Steel. But yeah, no, um, like I say, I wrote a piece in the mailer about it. 
just you know what Superman means to me kind of thing, mm. what he represents. But you like his smell. But I think without Superman, you wouldn't have had Batman. You wouldn't have had the superhero thing that followed. You probably wouldn't have had the Marvel thing. Well, he, he, yeah, he is your. Um, he, he's he brought. He's a stereotype, isn't he? He's brought out all the stereotypes. He is the benchmark. Yeah, he is your man. Is he, is he the first superhero to have a cape? I honestly don't know. I think he's one of the first superheroes. So certainly in comics. Mm. So not including like your Flash Gordon kind of thing. Well, I don't know when Is Flash Gordon started. Dick Tracy. But again, I'm not sure whether how early that started. But, but certainly, crime comics were around before. Yeah. Superman was the first sort of superhero comic, mm. which then, like I say, spawned. No, the spawn was built, years built later. Spawn, spawn. He probably spawned spawn. Yeah, he spawned spawn. Yeah, it's true. Uh, not capes. Um, but yeah, and. Like I say, Superman's the reason I got into comics. Like when he came back from the dead, that the idea of that really excited me. <laughs> I was just sniffing comics ever since. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was caught in that perfect storm of uh, Superman coming back from the dead, which was a newsworthy story because I found out about it in a paper. Mm. Um, that Lois and Clark coming onto television and the Dirt Mags radio adaptation of Superman Doomsday and Beyond which I think happened slightly before I got into comics but I must have heard on a repeat to be fair I think it was The Death of Superman was the first graphic novel I, I read and that's probably because of you probably, I probably lent it to I you. seem to remember going back to your house nice to sound weird. <laughs> sniffing comics sniffing comics <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't remember what happened after that no and um, laying out a poster on your bedroom floor with all the DC characters. And I remember, and you were naming them all for me. Um, and I remember how hilarious the name Green Lantern was. <laughs> and how random it was. Yeah. It is. Yeah, the more. I, Green Lantern's one of those names, just don't think about it. Because mm. the more you think about it, the odder it starts to get. Mm. And then it gets annoying. And I love Green Lantern as well. That was my. You sort of. Superman was my big thing for like the first four years of me being into comics and then I drifted into Batman because you know the dark and moody years wanted to be yeah moody and broody and you know all the cool kids were reading Spawn and I was like mm, I'll go Batman and then I sort of settled on a middle ground of Green Lantern and sort of uh, somewhere between the two for me and then from that ventured out away from the big two Although, with the exception of Spider-Man 2099, I was never a massive Marvel fan. Mm. So I don't know what it was about Marvel. It just felt like there was too it was, much history. It was, it was too colourful and nice and not serious. But DC, the comics, then were colourful. Yeah. And they weren't that serious. Well, Batman was quite a dark, broody character. Yeah, but that's Although it, yeah, what Batman you, needs to be. Look at Adam West. Well, yeah. The epitome, the epitome of a dark and broody Batman. Hmm. I just like the there's something fucking seriously dark about a character that will have a small boy as his sidekick he goes out dressed in dark colours so that he blends into the night oh yeah and then turns his teenage sidekick into a target <laughs> yeah wear a bright red thing on your chest that's very true and I'm going to have this this armoured helm over my head yeah you just wear a little, just wear little domino eyes. mask yeah it'd be fine and some shorts just some yeah. little shorts <laughs> and some shorts and some tights and some pixie boots yeah <laughs> Go on, Tinkerbell. 
and just to be safe, let's give you a yellow cape. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Because <laughs> there's that whole Frank Miller thing about the yellow around the bat symbol on his chest is designed to attract people to shoot at it, because mm. that's where he's got armour. Mm. So yeah, the whole dressing Robin in bright primary colours. And the fact that he calls himself Batman, yeah. and he calls himself Robin. <laughs> No wonder he gets through them. Mm. Yeah, there was he was going to be called Blue Tip, but he decided not to. <laughs> Batman and Blue Tip, mm. different times. So, but yeah, no. Um, say Superman seems to go through phases where they try and Batman him up a little bit, make him dark and broody, mm. and it doesn't work, and people soon rebel against it, and we get the old soups back. Um, and this time when they brought him back, they brought Dan Jurgens on to draw and write. And it was superb. Has he got pants now? They've come back for issue 1000. Oh, they have. They're back. The pants yeah. are back. Well, the whole thing was supposed to be that they weren't pants. Mm. It was one piece in two colours. Oh, I'm looking at your Superman now. It's pants. But he has a belt to hold his pants up. I've never really realised that before. It's meant to be one piece. It just became pants for some reason. But it's one piece in two colours. Quite why you'd have... It's a bit like wearing a pair of trousers that the top bit is a different colour to like shorts. It's It's, it's an odd choice, I'll grant Mm. you. But I always thought, when I used to play around with the idea of what I'd do if I got to redesign Superman, do away with the pants, give him gloves. Right. But I never understood. He's going around leaving his fingerprints everywhere. So you just want to take his pants off? Yeah, and turn them into gloves. Mm. Like get his mum to stitch them into <laughs> sort of crotchy smelling handsy gloves. <laughs> or mittens. <laughs> but yeah, but it just doesn't look right without the pants. It's like there's something missing. Okay. We've I think we've uncovered quite a lot about you today. From a design point of view. Mm. You just need something to break it up. But I don't know, maybe that the hands... I know this is going to be ironic, but I don't know if leaving the hands free made him give him a little bit more humanity and a little bit more... I think it probably did, and you could argue that he's Kryptonian, he doesn't have fingerprints. Yeah. And so... Do you know, my first... Mem- this is going to be really, really random. My first memory of Superman that I can remember was my dad showing me an advert in a magazine... And I honestly got a feeling it might be Playboy. Um, but Oh, hang on. No, let's unpack this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was, um, I think it was for Hamlet Cigars. And it was it was a Christopher Reeve Batman flying along Batman. the city. Sorry, Superman. soups. Yeah, Cardinal Sin. <laughs> Christopher Reeve Superman flying along the city with no trousers on. And his trousers were speared on the end of the Empire State Building and he was flying and his um, trousers were flapping in the wind and he had a bare, bare bottom like he, he, it was your you know quintessential pose you know with yeah. the arm out in front but you could just see that he had a bare ass and he just slid his boots on but his trousers were flapping in the wind over on the end of the Empire State Building and it was something like Happy Hamlet something Hamlet. like that you know that was the old thing smoking's bad kids yeah but if anyone can I'm not asking people to Google Superman with his ass out. But if anyone can find that, I can't find it. 
But I'm Have sure you tried it Superman Hamlet ad? I'm not even 100% sure it was Hamlet. I know it was some kind of tobacco. But when you when type in Superman Hamlet, um, Superman tobacco, you end up with that nicotine. Do you remember the Superman thingy? Can you see, see it? It was a photo advert. That's a weird thing that they'd use that. Because one of the things with George Reeves was that he stopped smoking in public. Hmm. Because he didn't want kids to see Superman smoking. Oh, okay. No, there's definitely nothing on here, and I'm definitely not typing in Superman with his ass out. If anyone can find that, I'll give him a prize. If anyone can find, it was a, it was in the eighties, and it was a phot- phot- photographic advert, and it was in a, a magazine, and it was Superman flying and his trousers were on I think it was on the spire of the Empire States building Empire State building and he had his arse out if anyone can find it I will give them a print of something I'll find, or I'll do something <laughs> you'll commission a drawing of Superman with his arse hanging out yeah no, uh, no don't find it because I'm going to do you another commission This is great podcast. Why nicotine is weed? I don't. I think you've imagined it. I don't think I have. I hope I haven't been dreaming about Superman with his ass out. It's like that Penny Arcade thing where he dreams about Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Spider Man. <laughs> Everyone gets what? <laughs> You're so so strong. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not seeing anything. I think you made it up. Like I say, I'd be very surprised if DC used their fucking. Symbol of goodness in a cigar advert. Maybe it was. I'm sure. I'm sure it was Christopher Reeve as well. Yeah. All right. If anyone can prove me right, so basically, I can't imagine Christopher Reeve going for it either. <laughs> yeah. Somebody prove Andy right and. You'll get, I'll, I'll give you a prize. He'll give you a prize. And I'll die a little inside. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. No, I can't see it either. Good luck. But yeah. I hope I didn't dream that. Because it's, quite a, quite, it's quite, a, quite a big memory. <laughs> oh dear. Hmm. So yeah, I see Superman as a symbol of good and an inspiration of what good people can do. I see him. You see him with his ass hanging out. Yeah. And I want to smoke a cigar. Smoking a cigar. Mm. So yeah, so that's... I was going to ask you what your Superman memories were, but I'm scared now. Yeah, that wasn't a Superman memory. I remember watching the movies and not really enjoying them. Um, mainly because I think it's because my mum wanted to turn that rubbish off. So it was a bit, oh, they're rubbish then, aren't they? See, I loved the first one. I've never really, apart from in my childhood, I've never really gone back to watching two, three, and four. Which is the one where he fights another super, a dirty Superman three. In, the, in the trash compactor. Superman 3. Oh, is that Quest for Peace? No, that's 4. Oh. Um, yeah, Superman, if it pops up on telly, I'll generally watch. I rarely put the Blu-rays on mm. to watch. Um, I love Christopher Reeve as Superman. I really like the films, but... They're just not ones I go to, hmm. weirdly. Um, I think, as much as I disagree with his real-life politics, Dean Cain was Superman for me. 
just because in my formative years of getting into comics. And it's also, Lois and Clark is the closest to the comic version of Superman that I know that's been on live, been done in live action. Mm. Um, there was the Ruby Spears cartoon in 88 that was very close to the John Byrne. It used to be on, I can't remember what channel it used to be on, it must have been one of the Sky ones. But yeah, I used to watch that, and I've got that on DVD now. But, but yeah, Superman of late, it's really weird, We've had, Batman's been a constant on the screen. I know there was the huge gap between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins, but it sort of always felt like Superman's been going, whereas uh, Batman's been going, whereas Superman's had massive gaps. Hmm. Um, I think they misfired with Superman Returns as much as there is stuff in that film that I like. I think they made a huge mistake in trying to tie it to the Christopher Reeve films instead of being their own beast. Is that the one with Kevin Spacey? Yes. The one with the boat? Yes. And he's got a son, always always pregnant, always has Superman's got a son. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that was just a disaster. Because for one, in... After he sleeps with her in Superman 2, he gives her the kiss that wipes her memory because that's something Superman can do, apparently. So at some point, Lois Lane needs to sort of turn around during Superman Returns and after she realises her kid's got Superman, and be kind of like, well, did you rape me, Superman? Mm. Because I got no memory of this shit. <laughs> so that puts a whole weird, dark thing on it. But I think that suffered the same thing as Man of Steel to a degree, is that they tried to make Superman dark and broody, and that's not Superman. Lots of him like hanging around outside Lois Lane's window. Mm. And it's like, I don't want creepy Superman. I want Christopher Reeve Superman. Smiley, friendly Superman. Getting cats out of trees for kids kind of Superman. And frying them with his laser vision. What, cats? Yeah. I think, yeah. That might be your Superman with his ass hanging out. Mm. But, sort of, the main body that I think of this podcast that's going to get you excited and probably lead to some debating, is that it's also 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Here we go. So, right. 2008. Right. You watched the trailer for Iron Man. Yeah. Do you see this coming? Uh, No, because no one ever heard of a a cinema universe before, had they? No, we dreamed of cinematic universes, and the closest thing we probably had was the Kevin Smith cinematic universe. Or um, of the interconnected Jersey trilogy. No, the closest we got uh, was the end of Predator Two, where you see the alien's head on the in the trophy cabinet. Yeah, but that wasn't an interconnected universe. But but it was hinted that it was. Yes, but it wasn't like the Kevin Smith films and what the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where they would reference things from other films. But, it was just a head in a trophy. But from another film, it was referenced. Yes, but they could have had fucking the skull of Dino from the Flintstones up there. And that would have been brilliant, because that would have meant that you could get like Fred Flintstone and the aliens. That would have been awesome. But, but to me, that was my first idea, that maybe these could, movies could... That was, that was the idea of a bigger world, but yes. it wasn't an interconnected universe. It, I, I, I disagree. Not I think in the sense was. of a Marvel thing. No, no. Because no, you could have Iron Man with Captain America's shield in the background, or in Batman Forever... They reference the circus must be halfway to Metropolis, and in Batman and Robin, they reference this is why Superman works alone. Yeah, these things hint at a bigger universe, but they don't give you an interconnected universe. There isn't then a Superman film 
No, yeah, it was, where it was, Superman's like, God, I wish I had a Superman. <laughs> when I get in that is that when I first saw that, that made me think, oh, it would be really cool if there was an Aliens versus Predator movie. That there was an expanded universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, like, what I'm saying is it's not an interconnected universe. It's not like Chasing it, Amy makes reference to well, it things is. that happen in yeah. Mall Rats or the funeral, the, yeah, funeral or the body that they go to visit in Clerks is then revealed who that was in Mall Rats. So I mean, the stories tie in. There's an overlapping element, mm. and that's what you got with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which years and years and years ago, when I used to play, you know, superhero movie mogul, what I would do if somebody said to me, "Here's the all this money. Take these DC comics and adapt them for screen," is that I've never understood why you wouldn't have films, TV series, cartoons, all these sort of things that overlap to create one big world. And then Marvel sort of do that. You don't quite get the overlap with the TV. It seems to be its own separate world. Which is always a bit odd, either. And that's almost a missed opportunity. There's obviously some... some There's going to be things of, like, you know, we can't afford to get Robert Downey Jr. in for a two-minute cameo on. Yeah. For example. Um... But yeah, it does seem to sort of. They seem to give up on their shield coming in to clean up after the events of Thought the Dark World. Mm. But it always seemed like a missed opportunity to me to not expand on the story in canon, in cartoons. Because the problem with films is that it's what the Chris Nolan Batman films suffer from is that you get a sense that Batman's only been around for like six months. Yeah certainly in the first two films and then you have the gap where he retires and that's not long enough for that character to have enough of an impact that when he does come back in Dark Knight Rises that it would have been such a big thing mm. it's like in six months he cleaned up all crime in Gotham and then he had to come back when crime came back and it's kind of the problem with the Marvel films is that we've had all these movies but only two Avengers movies kind of thing yeah and or three if you count Civil War. And yeah, you could fill in those gaps and maybe include some more adventures. So like at the end of Age of Ultron, where you've got the new Avengers team, how cool would that be if that span off into a cartoon series? Yeah, absolutely. That was in canon, but also its own thing. <clears throat> yeah. And then it came back, tied back round to the movie, a bit like they did with Star Wars Rebels or Star Wars Clone Wars. Mm. Is that it sort of went off and filled in those gaps of what the Clone Wars was. Problem without that would be too much for, for me to watch, I think. If it would, started, but if you're just watching the movie... I give up on um, on um, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that's the two series. You made a mistake, but... Yeah, I heard that. Um, but yeah, but you're not... By not watching S.H.I.E.L.D., you're not missing out on anything when you go back to yeah, watch the films. Absolutely. There may be a throwaway reference that's small enough that it's not going to... It's like when comics used to have the editor's note. Mm. In fact, that's where these things should go. It's just it pops up on the screen, a little editor's box, like, as, as seen, seen in Agents yeah. of Shield season, uh, season three point six. <laughs> Ed, <laughs> I was wondering who Ed was. Yeah, they're all called Ed. Yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? It's like Bill. Even in the Beano and the Dandy, they're all called Ed. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was sort of my idea: is that you'd sort of expand it, that you'd have movies, TV. And you tie it all in. It's why it baffles me that DC went the way they did with having the movies and their TV universe completely separate. Yeah. I get that it offers you a bit more freedom in certain things, but also constrains you in so many others' ways. 
you could do so much. And if you cast somebody smallish, so like Henry Cavill wasn't a big name when they cast him as Superman, mm-hmm. they could have easily crossed him over with TV every so often, signed it into his contract at the time. Even if he then became a bigger star, it's in his contract. He's got to be in X number of TV episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, that's a business media mogul coming out in me. So we, even talking about Marvel MCU, you've got to talk about DC for the last five minutes. <laughs> well, no, I was just saying as an example. But like I say, Marvel did it, and they've kind of done it with their TV stuff as well. The only way thing they haven't done is stretching out into animation. I suppose you could loosely argue that those Avengers adventures that you see in cartoons could loosely be tied in. But but yeah, but just as a cinematic universe, I mean, it's the biggest thing. It, it's been a blessing and a curse is because now everybody's chasing that Marvel cinematic universe formula. Yeah, absolutely. To the yeah, point where yeah. you can't get a mummy movie that stands on its own without trying to shoehorn in eight other movie ideas. And everyone else seems to be almost failing. They are because everybody's rushing it. Iron Man, there was none of it. Because hmm. I first time I saw Iron Man, I didn't even sit through for the post credits thing. Because they weren't a big thing. No, they, they weren't. weren't usually, of. if you sat through for a end of a credits thing, it was like a Ferris Bueller hmm. gag thing. It was, was only it? because the second time I went to watch it, the guy, the, my friend who I went with, who I worked with at H and B at the time, was like, "We've got to stay for it." Hmm. I was like, fine, fuck it. I was just going to wait, and when it came out on Blu-ray, I'll skip through and watch it. Now it's unheard of. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, the sting at the end of Iron Man was... Um, Him coming home, Jarvis has been deactivated, or, you know, toyed with. And Nick and Fury's, Fury's in standing there in the dark. It. And it's the first time you see Nick Fury. And I was like, fuck me a shaft! Yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. You got the wrong end of the stick there. No. <laughs> Shaft, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury appears in the Ultimate Comics, based on his look at Shaft. Oh. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and that's what it was, and that was the closest you got to that representing a bigger world. Then in Iron Man 2, you saw half Captain America's shield that he used to prop something up, Mm. and you started getting little Easter eggs. And then once they hit Avengers, everything fucking overlapped. Mm. And you started getting your cameos and that. But it's bizarre to think about. I mean, they must have had that planned up to a point. I know there was the thing that they just decided that the film was a lot better than they thought it might have been. <coughs> so they threw in the Nick Fury thing as a post credit sting. Which was the smart way to do it, because then if that film died on its ass, there's nothing in that that left you wanting more, or, you know, wanting answers. Yeah. As being a post credit sting, it's kind of its own thing. Mm. Um, whereas all these other ones like the Tom Cruise The Mummy which I was I actually quite enjoyed in the end because I'd heard so many bad things about it that I couldn't help but enjoy it my expectations were so low Mm -hmm. and I quite like Tom Cruise Um, but yeah that's it spent so long trying to set up other movies that it just killed it and it's what's killing sort of fucked up the DC universe on screen is that they're in such a rush to get to their Avengers movie. Yeah, which they've done. <coughs> that they didn't... And then it was a bit of a mess. Yeah. Through 
not just reasons of the film. It, but... it just was so apparent to me that, that this is exactly what they were doing. It's like, oh shit, look what they've done, we missed a trick. But they were so adamant they weren't copying the Marvel formula. Yeah. That they just... It's like, we want to be Marvel, but different. Mm. And it's like, well, no, because that works for a reason. You have likeable characters, for one, that you root for. It's and really... I just think they can't... Marvel cast their movies so right. It's bizarre we haven't even had a the, the new a Batman solo movie yet. No, because it's like they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and yeah, seeing which bit seeing stick. sticks. Absolutely. It's like the Flash movie keeps appearing and disappearing. The Aquaman movie, as far as I know, they're filming it. Mm. <coughs> um, we're getting Wonder Woman too, which rightfully so. Wonder Woman was easily their best film so far. There's meant to be a Harley Quinn movie. The Batgirl movie's fallen by the wayside. But again, they build Batman in other people's films and then decide to do spin-offs of Batman. Mm. Without yeah. giving us a solid in-that-universe Batman movie. Which I, I like Ben Affleck's Batman as well. He's quite a moody... I did. I We're talking about DC again, God's sake. I don't think you can talk about Marvel without talking about DC, though. I mean, we'll get into the specific <laughs> films in a second... But I think in their world building, yeah, that is everybody's chasing that Marvel money and failing because they're trying to do it in their own way, but in one movie mm. because everybody wants to be at that big bang buck, kind of like we want to get to our Avengers movie as quickly as possible. They took what five films. Five films to hit Avengers. Yeah. And then, yeah. And they were the, they were establishing movies. Actually, it was two Iron Man movies, weren't they? That, they was, that was their movie. that was their establishing movies. So each main character, except well, because including Hulk, got their own movie, and then they all got together in the Avengers. Yeah, and then your minor ones: Hawkeye, Nick Fury, and but they still Black appeared. Widow, yeah, appeared in other movies. Yeah. Were there any, to remind me, were any characters introduced in Avengers Assembled apart what, apart from uh, goodies, I mean, I don't mean, I can't no, remember. Just Hawkeye. Yeah. No, not introduced, introduced. So yeah, no, no one. It was Age of Ultron where they brought in new characters in an Avengers movie. Uh, and that was Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch Scarlet and Vision. Witch. No, Vision was um, was Ultron. Yeah, Age of Ultron. Ultron yeah. yeah, it was and Vision as well. Yeah, because yeah, there was that spine tingling moment at the end of the second trailer for Age of Ultron, where you just saw Vision's eyes open. Yeah, and I, even not being a massive Marvel comics fan, I was like, "Ooh, Vision." Hmm. Um, but yeah, right. So, two thousand and eight, Iron Man. Yeah. Boom. Set the tone. Did brilliant film. And I really didn't know what to expect from it. The trailer looked awesome. Mm. But Did you know a lot about Iron Man as a character before the film? No, because apart from that 90s cartoon series, yeah. that had the like, you know, funky and slightly clunky CG animation. Yeah, which happened about five times every episode, didn't it? Yeah. He had a suitcase. Is that the suitcase? When the suitcase would open up? I can't remember room. if he had a suitcase. It was like a big chamber thing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's been a long time since I watched that. It doesn't hold up as well as the Spider-Man or X-Men 90s cartoons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Iron Man comes, smashes it. Robert Downey Jr., perfect casting. Yeah. Because I know for a long time, Tom Cruise was talked about. Yeah. Which I could potentially see then. I can't see now. No. 
He's absolutely fun. Yeah, he's absolutely perfect. <coughs> One of the best casting decisions. So, we had that, and then we had The Incredible Hulk. Which is the red-headed stepchild of the Marvel Universe really, isn't it? It is, maybe? It's kind of. It's referred to, it's loosely canon, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Didn't there was one bit the same as this is loosely a sequel to the Ang Lee Holt movie. Yeah, but the Ang Lee Holt movie can't be canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they brought Thunderbolt Ross back. Here. Not Thunderbolt Ross, um, Talbot, who dies in the Ang Lee Holt movie. They bring him back in Agents of Shield. Oh yeah, as having never died. Yeah, but his canon is in. There are references in the Hulk yeah, movie. Yeah, well, they talked about last time I was in New York. And- yeah, down and in Brooklyn or whatever it was. Yeah, and um, uh, what's his, it doesn't Funabot Ross meet Tony yes. Stark in one movie as yeah, well? At the end of this one. Oh, right. And then he yeah. comes back in Civil War as a yeah. full-on character. So, Oh yeah, of course he does. Yeah. So, okay, Incredible Hulk. Better than Iron Man, worse than Iron Man. Um, okay, we're going to do it this way because I've got my list. Oh no, we're going to... All right. We're going to hit okay. a point where we can't decide. Okay, this is going to be higher or lower, isn't it? We're this basically play your cards top right. gear cool. It? Play, play on, play on. Okay, play on movies right. Um, Iron Man above, obviously. You like Incredible Hulk more than I do, don't you? I do, I, I do, because yeah, I enjoy it, but I thought it was disappointing. I quite liked, as dull as it is in places, there were lots of things in the Ang Lee one that I liked. Mm. But then we hit Iron Man two, which was the same year as Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. I liked that when it first came out. See, I, I was massively disappointed. In yeah, a lot of people were. Um, it just felt like it was trying too hard to be the first one, which mm. there's another Marvel movie in here that, when we get to it, I will say suffers the Iron Man 2. But on repeat viewing, I enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Um, I think once it gets bedded into the bigger picture... I like Whitbash as a character. I thought it was cool. I do, and there's cool things like the suitcase suit. Yeah. Um, and you know it's quite funny and I liked um, Don Cheadle as War Machine mm. so and there's quite a nice sort of nod to him being different when he first meets Tony with the whole what are you doing here thing which is in film and also meta mm. so Iron Man 2 where does it fall between above below or in between the two I would say... For you. For me, I'd say below Hulk. See, I'd put it between the two. All right, do that then. Personally, but... It's probably on a par with The Incredible Hulk for me, Mm. but it just edges it for being characters that I like. Okay. So then, Thor. Which is going to be one where we differ on, I think. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. (coughs) what's What's your thought on that? It's a great case. I really liked Thor. Yeah. I love the whole marching into a pet shop and demanding a horse. Yeah. It to me it was a bit forgettable. I can see that. That was where Hawkeye first appeared, wasn't it? Yes. Um but I didn't know what to expect from Thor cuz didn't really have any cartoon reference for it. I knew little bits from the comics. Mm. And um but it was a Ken Branagh film. Um I liked it. I thought the fish out of water element of it was funny. Which they seem to play that up. I mean, everybody says about Thor Ragnarok being the first Marvel comedy, but I think there's a lot of comedy in Thor as well. 
Yeah, but he did. But then Chris Hemsworth didn't play it as a comedy character, as like he did in Ragnarok. He was a lot more of a more. He serious... was a straight man in a. Yeah, and the, the comedy came from him being it's like a crocodile Dundee kind of yeah fish out of water kind of thing. But it is it's quite a good analogy. Good. That it's quite it feels like quite a small movie as well. Mm. Pretty much weirdly, even though you have got all the stuff on Asgard, mm. all you really remember is the stuff in the small town in. Yeah, I remember the um, what was the what was the big robotsy thing called? I can't even remember. Oh, it's the destroyer. Or Des- the like that, yeah, the destroyer. Yeah. yeah, I remember that in that kind of dusty road. So, where would that go for you? Um, I can't, well, if <laughs> I can't remember what my list says, but I would put Thor. Uh, would be interesting to look at your list after. Yeah. All right. So, to make this purely you. Okay. Then we go from a list, and I'll well, personally, I put it just below Iron Man. I put it above Iron Man two. Okay. I think because Iron Man two had so much anticipation for it, mm. and then it fell short for me. And Incredible Hulk just is probably the most forgettable Marvel movie for me. Mm-hmm. I struggle to remember most of the Incredible Hulk, mm. whereas I remember bits of the others. So now this one next is the Marvel movie I've only seen twice. Really? Interesting. Once at the cinema and once when it came out on... No, I didn't even see it at the cinema. I've seen it once. That's a nice case too. Really nice. I've seen Captain America, the first Avenger once. Right. Not for want of not wanting to watch it again. I've just never felt the need to go back to it. As for reasons we will discover when we get further down the... But it is a great fucking movie. Tommy Lee Jones is ace in it. He is fantastic. And it's a very different movie to Drast. I mean, it's a proper... I mean, it's a Second World War movie, the majority of it. Um, in fact, all of it. Yeah, it's a great film. I get the feeling you'd put it above Thor. Absolutely. No I will give doubt you, in my mind. I would probably put it slightly below Thor just because I felt more compelled to rewatch Thor than I have Captain America, but I do really need to go back and rewatch the first Avenger. Hang on, hang on. when you say put it, put it below Thor, you think Thor's better? Yes. Then you need to move it. But I was giving you. No, I want to compare I, my list to your list. I don't know if Thor's a better movie. It's just. I, when they're that close, I'm going to have to go on ones I've seen the most. Hmm. Alright. Then we come to the biggie. Yeah. The, 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 the one, one that we were all for five for. movies we were waiting for. Yeah. The one with probably the best on-screen interpretation of the Hulk so far. Oh yeah. Of course. It's when not... we when we asked was there any characters introduced in Avengers Assemble, we forgot it, Hulk. It was a new Hulk, but we had seen Hulk before. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Avengers Assemble, easily at the top. Okay. I think it's a tough one for me because Iron Man was an unknown quantity and therefore is magical all for itself. Yeah. And because it was the first, but Avengers Assemble was what we were building towards. It was pretty much the perfect comic book movie at the time. And there was so much that could go wrong. Yeah. And they just everything out. Because the, everyone was saying how they're going to get so many characters with, you know, at the same time about making one character look more, you know, more screen time. And that was a big deal. And now this week we've got the third. Um, we got um, Infinity, Infinity which has got a lot more characters in it. I think if I had one frustration first time I watched Avengers Assemble is I just wanted to get to the characters. Yeah. 
that whole beginning bit with Loki taking the using his Loki pokey stick and taking the Tesseract. Oh the, yeah, all that bit on the on, on the flying spaceshipy thing, which can't the helicarrier. That's the one. Yeah, first viewing, I could have done without that. Mm. I mean, it's that age-old problem. It's a bit like the Defenders TV series. Is that you've sold me this as all these people coming together? Let's just get to that shit. Yeah, it's like watching Doctor Who, knowing he's going to regenerate. It's like just do the regeneration, or don't tell me it's coming. But it's a perfectly balanced film, build up execution mm. perfect uh, Joss Whedon was the right man for it perfect balance of humour brilliant humour in that action and Peril, I mean is it spoiler Coulson no it's not spoiler I reckon this this a, after five years a film is exempt from spoilers I mean we'll be a bit more careful as we get to the more recent ones but but yeah Coulson dying I was gutted yeah but he didn't but he didn't Tahiti is a magic place. Mm. But at, for the purposes of that film and the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward, he's dead. Yeah. Um, it'd be quite nice if they found a way to bring him into Infinity War, even as just a small cameo. We're just going, like, hey, Tony, <laughs> not dead. But given the events of season just five... Just walking past the door with yeah. a cup of coffee. Oh, hi, how you doing? <laughs> Anyone seen my Avenger, uh, Captain America card? <laughs> Okay, after Avengers, we come to probably one we're going to disagree on. Okay. Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Paper Man. See, as a Robert Downey Jr. Shane Black movie, I love it. I'm incredibly frustrated at the waste of suits. <laughs> Oh Christ! And it, they were just—they were just so disposable, and there were so many of them. And it's just like, no, I, you know, they—they they literally just—they, yeah. I—I've got a real problem with having a superhero and taking away their superpowers. Yep. And it's just like, no, I didn't yep, come to that, see. I hundred percent agree with you. The yeah. second Wolverine movie. Yeah. Fucks me off because they take away his powers. I've come to watch a Wolverine movie to watch Wolverine do his thing. It's like, which is it? Is it the Avengers and there's that really bizarre bit where Thor suddenly can't pick up his hammer? That's Thor. No, there's a bit in Avengers as well. When he gets tricked by Loki and he falls from the helicarrier in that in that glass cylinder thingy. Oh, he can't break the cylinder. No, he smashes it, but I'm sure there's a bit or he tries to when he gives up. No, I think you're misremembering that. Okay. Or I'm misremembering it. Yeah. I don't remember there being a thing. Like the, the whole thing in Thor, you know, Thor the film Thor, was him proving his worthiness to carry the hammer. Mm. All right. Maybe it was, was Thor then. <coughs> there was a thing where remember. he was struggling to use the hammer to get out of the chamber because it was designed to contain the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So, Iron Man 3 for you. Straight to the bomb. Really? Straight to the bomb. I'd put it above Iron Man 2. Right. Personally, but below Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, and the Avengers. Okay. Or Avengers Assemble, as we have to call it. Um, like I said, there's stuff in it. There's little, loads of little gags. I know you were annoyed straight away by there not being an ACDC track at the front. Mm. It was Eiffel 65 Blue. It was Eiffel 65 Blue, Blue yeah. Which I, I said to you was I bet they just did a Google search or an iTunes search for what was the biggest selling track in yeah. 1999. And they pretty much confirmed that on an interview. I think it was on the Empire one. 
They were just kind of like, yeah, that's what we did. I was like, I fucking knew it. But nothing like set in a period with a shit song. <laughs> but And it's got that awesome gag with, where they go around taking out the henchmen and the one guy's like, I don't even like it. These guys are just weird. <laughs> and I suppose if we're talking Iron Man 3, where did you stand on the whole Mandarin twist? Yeah, that didn't bother me. It was quite good. I didn't really see it coming. It but didn't bother me because I just... I didn't really know Guy Pierce was the Mandarin. Yeah. Was the way I saw it. Yeah. And the Trevor Slattery Mandarin was the fake one. Yeah. That was the way I saw it. It didn't bother me. I get why some people got bent out of shape about it, but mm. I don't think it was... Yeah, it didn't bother me. I thought it was quite worth getting For the Dark World. Seen once. I've seen twice, three times maybe. Quite like it. Not the best. I'd put it below Iron Man 3, above Iron Man... Uh, uh, yeah. even below Iron Man 2. I'm going to be kind and put it above Iron Man 2, below Iron Man 3. Okay. It's just fairly forgettable. Now we start getting into tricky territory. Winter Soldier. Love it. Great film. Completely turned everything on its head. Well, for a couple of episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. anyway. Well, no, for pretty much all of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Um, yeah, that had to be a crushing blow for the S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV series. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway through season one, they're like... Yeah, um, everything we've built uh, is fucked. <laughs> We're tearing it down. Absolutely brilliant film. It's it was, was the first film that sort of symbolised what Marvel did best of finding the right tone for their characters mm. and making it like a 70s Cold War kind of thriller. Uh, the twist was superb. That whole fucking... Shield was Hydra all along. Great, really good, absolutely genius for me. Just below Iron Man, above the rest. So my top three at the moment stand as Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America. I would say it's probably a better film than Iron Man, but Iron Man will always be special because it was the first, mm. and it's a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> now we get tricky. Now we're getting tricky. Guardians. <laughs> Very funny. It had me absolutely a stitch as I remember coming away, not knowing anything about the Guardians when I first went to see it, coming away, loving it. For me, like Avengers, it's one of the easiest ones to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could flick onto it 20 minutes before the end and mm. st- watch it. I mean, to be fair, all the Marvel movies, if I'm 20 minutes from the end and there's nothing else on, I will watch any of them. For me, it was the unknown quantity of it all. Yeah made it absolutely I was blown away by it a bit like the first Iron Man didn't know what to expect and such a different movie as well it was the space movie that I'd not seen in years it felt very like the movies we used to watch as kids mm. like it had that last Starfighter kind of feel with not being that but sort of that epic space mm. yeah yeah it is sci-fi movie kind of thing for me putting it at the bottom then yeah it goes right to the bottom it's always going to wrestle Avengers Assemble for top spot for me in this pile so far yeah I think my anticipation for Avengers and the execution of Avengers will always put it slightly above okay so number two so it's in at number two and it pains me to put it above Iron Man because I love Iron Man as well. Mm. 
But I don't go back to Iron Man that much anymore. But if it was on telly, you'd watch it. Oh, I'd watch the shit out of it. Yeah. But if if nothing else for that whole bit where he's uh, first out in the suit, it's like, what am I supposed to tell people? Tell them it was a training exercise. I can't tell them it was a training exercise. It was a training exercise. Because <laughs> of the press over. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Now, with the exception of Winter Soldier, there's an issue with number twos. Right, yeah. Winter Soldier is easily better than Captain America the First Avenger. Mm, it's not on a par. Okay. Would you say First Avenger was better than Winter Soldier? First Avenger is above Winter Soldier on my list. Interesting. Although I really did like Winter Soldier. But Avenger, yeah. yeah. Cap- the first Captain America was is one of my favourites. I can see that, and it's... it's yeah. a- we should bear in mind with apart from sort of the bottom end of the list for me they're all really close together mm. Age of Ultron I went to a midnight screening the first time I watched it which did not help mm. and there were lots of bits in it I enjoyed but it didn't feel cohesive it suffered a little bit from the setting up other movies mm. more so I'd say than any other Marvel movie for me I don't know where you stand on it and I think it suffered from the first one was perfection. Yeah, I know there are people who will disagree with me, but what do you think of James Spader as Ultron? I liked him, but it was just Red Reddington. Yeah, just you know, without the lovable side. Yeah, he even had the kind of head slightly to the side, shaking it. At yeah, the points as well. Um, but like we said earlier, vision. Yeah, vision days, and just the casual thing of no, vision. I'm not a great vision fan. It's the casual thing of Vision handing Thor his hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After you've had that whole setup of, I mean, I love the running gag of Thor's hammer, and then the thing at the end of it. If you put the hammer in a lift and send it up, yeah, is the lift now worthy, <laughs> and all that stuff. But there was that nice scene in this of where they're all getting drunk, uh, just before, literally just before Ultron shows up, yeah. and they're getting drunk, and you know they're all trying to lift the lift hammer. The hammer, yeah. And the first attack, the taking out the remainder of Hydra, yeah. That's a really nice sequence with, like, you know, Cap saying language and then them all taking the piss out of him he said language. But it's going to go below Winter Soldier for me. Okay. I think this is getting really fucking difficult, mate. Can't be if you don't like Vision. No, he doesn't do anything for me. I mean, admittedly, he's not had a lot of screen time, but... Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I really enjoy Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really entertained me. I've only seen it twice in a bit because I've watched old bits when it's been on telly. Yeah. It was very much what it was meant to be, which was a palate cleanser after Age of Ultron. Yeah. It, well, yeah. It's quite a lightish movie. But it's not classic Marvel for me. Yeah. Definitely not classic Huge Marvel. enjoyable Marvel, but it's going to go above Iron Man 3, below First Avenger, I think. Okay. So let's quickly recap your top five. So at five we've got Avengers Age of Ultron. Yep. Then we've got Captain America Winter Soldier at number three and four. Iron Man at number three. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy, and in at one. <laughs> Avengers Assemble. Now though. Civil War. Civil War. Yeah. 
funny, action-packed, tense, fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. That whole, sorry, Tony, he's my friend, so was I. Every time it's just like, huh? I've noticed you bought the uh, the Captain America version, not the Iron Man version. I did. I was Team Cap. Mm. I'm not getting into the pissing contest. Tony was a dick, and it's kind of pointed out in the how it should have ended. Yeah. Thing of the the majority of the problems that the superheroes are getting punished for was Tony. Yeah. Tony built Ultron. <laughs> so Tony is mostly to blame. But but but, the, the, but that was in the film because he feels guilty for all of that, isn't it? He knows yeah. he was part of it, which is why he wanted but a I love that thing in the um, responsibility. How it shouldn't have ended. Video. Hmm. If we just change the name to the anti-Tony thing, <laughs> I'd sign that. <laughs> And the whole thing on Bucky's headphone, he just wanted to buy some peaches or whatever it was. <laughs> um, great movie. Yeah, I actually find it difficult to rewatch. Really? Yeah, it's quite. I find it quite heavy. I mean, and I, weirdly, every time whenever it's on Sky, I turn over at the same point, and it's always the bit in the airport. No, I was about to say, is it the airport? Fight? Yeah, that's because your spidey sense tingles. And... That's what it is. Look, see, this is. Introduced Tom Holland Spider Man. That's true. It did um, in a great way. In a way that I still get tingles mm. on the back of my neck when Spice he shouts underoos. Yeah, and that whole thing in the trailer. I remember showing it to the kids, and I almost welled up because they were like, <gasps> Spider Man. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I saw it with Spider. It's quite cool. It's a pretty heavy film. It is a heavy film, I which think does make it I... a difficult rewatch. Yeah. And it is kind of frustrating because you are watching, to a certain degree, characters you've grown to love being neutered. Mm. In the, It ends with a lot of them in a cell. Yeah. Kind of thing. And of course you've got Falcon as well. Not Falcon, um, um, a, a War Machine, even. See, this was the first one where they were like, actually, well, Age of Ultron possibly, but this was the one, the really big one, where they were like, somebody has to die in this movie. Who's it going to be? Mm. Is this where Bucky dies? Is this where Rhodey dies? Is this where Cap dies? And we all knew it was never going to be Cap or Tony. Mm. But this was sort of the first one where I remember all that speculation about a character has to die in this movie. This film means nothing if a character doesn't die. Yeah. Then a character didn't die and it was one of the best Marvel movies. Mm. I think for me... Wow, that high up. Top three. Top three. It doesn't necessarily have the rewatch value of some of the others that are lower down, but see for me the, for that, a first time experience. Yeah, that's important to me. Rewatch value, unfortunately. I think it is, and when it gets more difficult, yeah. I do come down to rewatch. I kind of feel like I should have watched First Avenger again. Mm. I feel like it would have gone higher up. Next, Doctor Next, Strange. Doctor Strange. Another one I've only seen once at the cinema. I've not got round to rewatching it on DVD. I never got to see... That's, right. This is the only movie, the only MCU movie I didn't see at the cinema. Because I, I just didn't get there. And I didn't really care about the character. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I would agree with that. For me, it's down there with Ant-Man somewhere. It's also the only DVD that I've got on Blu-ray as well. Shocking. Hmm. See, but I will be getting it. I don't wait for Marvel movies. I buy them when they come out. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, for me, it's around the Ant-Man mark. I put it slightly below Ant-Man. Mm. I enjoyed Ant-Man more to the point where I've watched Ant-Man more than once. I do like Doctor Strange. There's lots of stuff in it. The Dormammu have come to bargain thing. and mm. All that. And the Thor cameo in the credits. It's very cool and it got me very excited for Thor Ragnarok. That's where it sits for me. Okay. Around there. I again, I think if I rewatched it again, it might go higher. Right. Guardians, Guardians Volume 2. 2. This suffers Iron Man 2 syndrome for me. Yeah. I really enjoyed it when I left the cinema. Um, but on ever rewatches, I think I agree. I really, still really love it, love it and I love the soundtrack as usual. But it's... Yeah, I... yeah. My thing with it, more so than Iron Man 2, is it felt like it was trying too hard to recapture the magic of the first one. Some of the thing, it's one of those things where... The first one was lightning in a bottle. Yeah. It's one of those things where they almost see, okay, what was popular in the first one? Okay, the, the, this joke and this joke and this joke. Let's more or less redo that. You know, like, like the whole the music thing. The music was... They suddenly made music part of the plot. There are awesome things they do with it, like Dancing using Fleet yeah. Max the Chain in it is great. Um, they didn't use Fox on the run in it. No, they didn't. It was so great in the trailer, and I could start a picture in my head where it would have worked really well in the film. Mm. And they didn't use it. And again, the soundtrack felt a little bit like trying to recapture. What was the best piece of music? We're skipping ahead slightly. But what's the best piece of music used? Was it um, the chain on that, or was it Led Zepp on Ragnarok? Led Zepp on Ragnarok. Absolutely. Mainly because it's Led Zepp. And yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw Led Zepp used effectively in a film. Yeah. With the exception of Wayne's World, No Stairway. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, it suffers trying too hard. I definitely agree with that. Still a very good Still film. Still a very good film. It's going to go below Winter Soldier. Okay. So, Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm a Spider-Man fan. I've, that's the comic I read. Um, and I didn't like it very much. You didn't? Um, no, I think it had that kind of whole superheroes without superhero power thing because he was still learning his trade. He wasn't very good. As, he wasn't a very good Spider-Man. As in, he wasn't... Did, to me, because he was in Civil War, he was decent. He was good in Civil War. There's that bit when swinging through the, the airport bit, you know, where he's chasing yeah. Bucky and all that. And it's awesome. No, was it chasing that panda? I can't remember. It was really, really good. And then suddenly no, this film comes Bucky. out. Bucky, yeah. Then suddenly this comes out. And he's not as good as he was. See, but I think that's down to he gets this big moment and then nothing. Yeah. And I think he's yeah, so focused that. on yeah. being Spider-Man. That he's... This is the first Spider-Man movie that I genuinely loved at the cinema. Yeah. As great as the first two Raimi ones are, they're dull as fuck to rewatch, and they have not aged well. Um, I quite enjoyed the Andrew Garfield one to a degree. Yeah, a bit of a nothing movie. But this was the first one where I sort of got a sense that it was Spider-Man. I think they got him right. And I think it was nice to go back to a not fully formed superhero. Yeah. There was always that thing with Ant-Man that you kind of felt like he... By the end of the movie, he was Ant-Man. Yeah. Whereas this one, you kind of got the feeling that by him being stripped of being Spider-Man and going back to the basics of being Spider-Man, he became Spider-Man in a different way. Whereas Ant-Man, you had the training montage. In this mm. one, you had the constantly fucking up. Mm. Yeah, 
I, I also it's also suffers from on rewatchability as well a little bit. I've seen it a few times and I'm mean, was got a little bit bored. I think Michael Keaton's brilliant as Ultra. Michael Keaton is probably my favourite thing in it. Yeah, that whole thing where he shoots the the first shocker. Yeah, he's kind of like, thought that was the anti gravity gun. <laughs> like, no, that's here. Oh, oh. Um, and it is a Marvel bad guy. The problem with the Raimi ones was they were good men who became bad. Yeah. Whereas you got always got the feeling with Vulture that he was still a good man mm. who just did bad things and then tried to defend that for the sake of his family and that was something you could root for. Whereas Green Goblin, Doc Ock, as great as they both were in those two Raimi films. Especially Doc Ock. Especially Doc Ock, but they both had the same arc. Yeah. Of sort of in death they became good men again. Yeah. Kind of thing, but it was men driven, good men driven mad by science experiments gone right. You could argue that Norman Osborn wasn't necessarily a good man to begin with, but he certainly wasn't evil evil. Certainly not as evil as he's been portrayed in some of the comics before he becomes Green Goblin. For me, Below Winter Soldier, Above Guardians. Too, okay. I think. Just because it was the movie that I love Spider-Man again. Now we get really tricky. Ragnarok. I love Thor Ragnarok. Brilliant film. I will Absolutely. admit, on second viewing, some of the jokes didn't feel as fresh. Yeah. that it, This film does have a rewatchability to me. And I love how they've given it the... the, the, the from the, With this film, you realise all their spacey moves have got a very similar... 1980s theme about them, you know, bright neon, and, and it works so well with it as well. And it's a very different Thor to what we see in other movies. And it's got an amazing score. Brilliant music. I think, for me, the problem on second viewing is that I'm just waiting for him to get to the Grandmaster's planet. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, as much as I'm enjoying this Doctor Strange bit, let's get to the bit I really want. Is, no, I that's see that where it well. falls down on its second viewing for me mm. is that you're waiting for it to get to the stuff you loved which there's stuff I love in those beginning bits as well the whole um, Loki play yeah that was great and the fact it's Matt Damon whichever Hemsworth whose name I can't remember and Sam Neill Luke was it Luke? whichever one um, see I'm really torn on this one now I think it goes. Wow. Okay. Straight in there. I think. The trouble is, it's a very different movie to the others. Yeah. Very different. Which is where this starts to get a bit tricky. Yeah. But. So I've put it in at my number three. Okay. So it's. Which makes it look like I really like the funny ones. Yeah, it does. So. At the moment, it's Iron Man in at five, Civil War in at four, Thor Ragnarok in at three. I mean, when I came out of Thor Ragnarok, it would have gone above Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the things about Marvel. I'm not sure what order I've done those two in. Yeah. It's one of the things about the really good Marvel movies is they instantly go to the top of your list. Yeah. And then you have the cool down period. So yeah, Thor Ragnarok at three, Guardians at two, Avengers Assemble at one. Now, we have to have a stand-in for this. Because it's not out on DVD yet. Black Panther. Mm. My expectations for Black Panther were low, and then it got such good press that they went up. 
and then I think when I watched the film, I really enjoyed it, but I was on a level rather than... I mean, it was never going to play as well... This is going to sound wrong, but it was never going to play as well for me as it was the audience that really embraced it mm. because I have seen myself represented up on film as a lead in a superhero movie for years and I understand the cultural importance of Black Panther and the more I thought about it after I watched it the more I enjoyed it mm. as I play it back over my head there are things in it that are frustrating that I can't really go into without doing spoilers because you inevitably it doesn't help that the Age of Ult- the um, Infinity War trailer came out clearly showing Black Panther in it yeah so when things happen you just kind of this just feels like it's plodding this along for me now yeah let's just get to the good shit um but it is it's an important movie it's a very well made movie it's a very funny movie in places and it's got some kick ass set pieces in it yeah some abs- and it's got really I would say I'd argue possibly even more so than Black Widow it's got some really strong female characters in it no, no, absolutely has. One I would my say it's got the strongest the female characters in a Marvel movie. Yeah, my favorite character in the entire film was was, one, was the his sister. Yes, and as a Bond fan, that whole thing really appealed to me. Yeah, where she's shown in the gadgets. Yeah, and the different things, and just that whole thing—the street chase on top of the car when yeah. she throws the spear. I thought it was awesome. That Very was cool. fucking amazing. Yeah. For me, it's going to go above Winter Soldier, oh. just below Iron Man. Okay. I uh, think it's going to be one that I've not seen it twice, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of them. But recognising both my enjoyment of it and the cultural importance of the film, it's a film that has more weight to it. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's my so let's let's go from the right number eighteen. In at number eighteen for Stewart's MCU preference list, Incredible is, Hulk. Okay, number seventeen, Iron Man two. Number sixteen, Thor: The Dark World. Number fifteen, Iron Man three. In at number fourteen, Doctor Strange. And you now, I will also say for Doctor Strange, it's got some really funky, fucked up shit in it. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> a very seventies psychedelic movie, and it's also got an awesome score. Yeah, not as good as the Thor Ragnarok score, but it's got an awesome score. What number are we on? 13. And in, in, in at 13 is... Ant-Man. 12. First Avenger. At 4 to 11. Thor. Thor. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> and, uh, number 10. Age of Ultron. Number 9. Guardians 2. Number 8. Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 7. Winter Soldier. Number 6. Ultimate Avengers cartoon. Number 6. <laughs> Black Panther. Number 5. Iron Man. Top 4. Civil War at four. Civil War at four. Ragnarok at three. Number three. Guardians at two. And in at number one, top spot. Avengers Assemble. Right. Okay. For me, these top five have the rewatchable thing. Yeah. If I want to watch a great Iron Man movie, I've got it in there. If I want to watch a great Captain America movie, it's in there. If I want to watch a great Thor movie, it's in there. If I want to watch all of them together, Mm. it's in there. (laughs) All right, I'm uh, slightly underrepresenting Black Panther. Oh no, he's in Civil War. Fuck it, I've got it all covered. <laughs> right. So, I also asked. I've asked a couple other people this question as well. I've asked 
Chris. Well, let's see where your list is. Do you want my list right away? I think we should do your list, All see right. how it's different, and then use okay. the others to create the ultimate list. My list. I didn't ask anyone. I don't know if anyone's been on Facebook. Right. You're going to be very shocked with one of mine. I probably am. It's going to be Iron Man 3 at the bottom, isn't it? No. Ooh. So number 18. I've got Thor. The last... Uh, the Dark, Dark World. World. Okay. Number 17. Black Panther. Really? I really didn't like it. I, 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 yeah, I did not enjoy it. I found it clunky. And number sixteen, I got Ant Man. I think clunky's harsh. Uh, I did. I don't know what I know. It was. I've I seen it once. I, I will watch it, but I was bored, and it clunked around for me. It's another one that had a great soundtrack. Yeah. So where are we? It's eighteen, seventeen, sixteen, uh, fifteen. I've got same as you. Iron Man three. Okay. At 14, I've got Thor. Okay. 13, I've got Doctor Strange. 12, I've got Iron Man 2. At 11, surprisingly, I've got Spider-Man Homecoming. That is interesting, given you're a Spidey fan. Number 10, I've got Hulk. 10. So where I've got Age of Ultron, I've got See, Hulk. you've got Incredible Hulk way too high. No, because I, I, I like it. I enjoy it. Number 9, I've got... Civil War. That's interesting. Yeah. Number eight, I got Guardians of the Galaxy two. So where's your Guardians higher than I got One below. Right. Seven, I've got Age of Ultron. So you've got that three above where I'd keep put it. Right. Six, I've got Winter Soldier. So you're one above me on Winter Soldier. Five, I've got the first Avenger. Yeah. Okay. Four, I've got Guardians of the Galaxy one. Interesting. Three, I've got Ragnarok. So we're the same. Two, I've got Avengers. Interesting. One, Iron Man. So why Iron Man at number one? Because I love it. Rewatchable value. It's just a great film, and it's got robots in it. And it was your first. And it's my first. Well, that wasn't. Yeah, it was because it was my first. Yeah, loves it. Absolutely love it. That's that's fair enough. That's interesting. Yeah. Difference is good. So there's a couple of. I mean, it's, if you if you put them in blocks, our blocks are quite similar, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, there's a few massive differences, like my Black Panther being so low. In fact, our top five, although slightly different order and one film different, we've yeah. got the same, with the exception of one, we've got the same films in our top five. Which one have you got? Well, I haven't. Civil, Civil War, War instead of First Avenger. See, Civil War was number nine for me. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah. So, I'll ask my friend Chris. So, where are we in our top ten? Nowhere near similar, are we? Got Winter Soldier. At number ten. Yeah. Age of Ultron, both in it. And Guardians 2. Guardians 2, yeah. That's the only three we got the same. Where was, your, where was your first Avenger? First Avenger for me is just below 12. 12. Okay. Where was your Dark World? This was my last one. Oh, quite World, low down. Got quite low down. Yeah. So. Okay. So let's. Where did Chris pull it then? So Chris's list. Number eighteen. I bet you'll find you're very similar. Eighteen. He's got the Dark World. Same as me. Fair enough. Seventeen. He's got the first Thor. He's not a Thor fan. Then. He's <laughs> not a Thor fan. He's not a Thor fan. Of us saying that. 
he's not a full fan. Uh, 16, he's got Iron Man 2. Interesting. Yeah. So he See, I've got it down at 17, so we're quite similar there. 15, he's got Hulk. Which is my bottom one. Yeah. Uh, 14, he's got Doctor Strange. I will also argue with Incredible Hulk is that it's the one that doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. No, absolutely. As I said, it was the red-haired stepchild of the Marvel Universe. Um, where do we get to? 15 is Hulk. 14, he's got Doctor Strange. 13, he's got Age of Ultron. Fair enough. Um, 12, he's got Iron Man 3. Okay. So he preferred Iron Man 3 to Iron Man 2, like you did. 11, he's got Guardians of the Galaxy. 11. Is that right, Chris? That's... Has he got his Guardians the wrong way round? I don't know. I'll check him on that. I'll, I'll text you in a minute. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is 11. Iron Man's number 10. You're saying that to him. And he's, he's That's true. All that yeah. the timey-wimey for him. <laughs> timey-wimey. Um, so Iron Man's number 10. Black Panther was number 9. Uh, higher than you. Yeah, higher than me. Lower than me. Um, Captain America... What's that? First Avengers. Avengers. He's got number 8. Uh, higher than me. Civil War number seven. Lower than me. Ant Man number six. Fair enough. I oh, got well, sixteen, so much. Yeah. I've got it. Spidey at number five. As much as I like it, I wouldn't call it a top. It's probably the second one that doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. Mm. Again, because I think it's made with Marvel, but also slightly out of that Marvel. I mean, Incredible Hulk was made completely out of that Marvel yeah. Studios thing. Or feels like it was made completely out of that and then tied in at a later date kind of thing. So, so number five. Guardians 2 is at number four. I don't see how Guardians 2 is that much better than Guardians 1. No. Now, Personally. all three of us have the same number three, which is Ragnarok. Fair enough. Two, he's got the Avengers, same as me. And number one, he's got Winter Soldier. Interesting. Mm. Winter Soldier is a great movie. Brilliant film. Possibly so, feeling like I should have swapped Civil War and Winter Soldier in there. I'm not going to do it. I'm sticking with what so I've got. Winter Soldier. Okay, yeah. Uh, I also have Craig's. I'm guessing that's the episode 10. So number five, I've only got his top five. So number five, Craig's, is Winter Soldier. Okay. Uh, which is the same... No, no, not the same as me at all. Number four, he's got Ragnarok. Number three, he's got Guardians. Number two, he's got Civil War. And number one, he's got the same as you, Avengers. Yeah. I think for me, Avengers... I'd quite happily have Iron Man at number one just for it being my first. Mm. But I think it has improved. The Marvel films have got better since Iron Man. Mm. But there is something pure about Iron Man. Is it is the first one that isn't. I always remember your first part of or building the universe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for me, Avengers was everything that these films have been building towards, and everything I'd wanted to see since I was a kid was that team up. Mm. Um. Personally, but I appreciate this. So, can we build a top five consensus? Right. Okay. So, the, the one, the average film we've got is Avengers. So we've got 
two at number two and two, two at number, two at number one. one. So do we keep it there or do we move it up? Oh, well, I suppose I reckon Avengers... Well, if, looking at the others, so... Well, here we go. You want to go lowest points, don't you? So right, Avengers let's put, is two at number two, so that's four. It's got six points. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, Iron Man... Um, I've got one point. So I've got Iron Man as number one. I got it as five. And neither Craig or Chris have it at all. So, so. it's in twice. How are you going to do this? Are you going to say five points, four points, three points, two points, one point? I was going to do it based on its position with not knowing where Wiggy's got it. That makes it tricky. Well, we just class it as... So, yeah. So you've got it as one... Chris has got it as 10. I've got it as 5, so that's 16 points. Yeah. So we're going to work backwards then, don't we? So the less points... The higher you'd be. Yeah, the less points, the higher you'd be. That's right, yeah. So we'll give it 16, because we don't know where we can put it. Really up my this, mind. this is not going to be an exact science. No. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, what have we got? So, um, so Thor, 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 Ragnarok. Um, we've got two threes and a two. Three threes and a two, even. So nine eleven. Yeah. Oh, nine eleven. <laughs> um, then number so we got Guardians of the Galaxy. I've got it as number four. I've got it as number two. Five, six, seven, eight, nine for Guardians. So it's got nine points for Guardians. Nine points. Um, then okay, the first Avenger. Is only once, I think. In like your top five. So, first Avengers only in once. So, so cap one. So, you've got it as number five. This isn't going to work, is it? It is, because you go based on where other people have got it. So, you've got it at five. Oh, I see what you mean. Chris so, eight. Got it at eight, so 13. I've got it at 12, so 25. Yeah. Because we don't know where Wiggy got it. No. Um, then, what do you have like not? Civil War. You've got it as four. I've got it as nine. And Chris has it as seven. So and Craig has 20, it as four. Twenty-four? Twenty-four. So is that everybody's top five covered? Oh, Guardians yep. 2 for... Guardians 2 is in at 4. I've got it as 8. And you've got it as... Where is it? Guardians 2 is 9. 9. So what we got? So 8, 4 and 9. And Wiggs doesn't have his. Craig doesn't have his. So... 17, 21. So Guardians, Thor, Ragnarok, Civil War, Iron Man, Avengers, Iron Man, Avengers, Thor, Guardians, First Avenger, Capped, Avengers, Thor, Ragnarok, Spider-Man. We're going to get Spider-Man in there. So we've got 5, 11, 16, 8, 8, 24. Yeah. Right, which ones hasn't Wiggy got? Wiggy hasn't got Spidey in his, has he? Nope. Or Guardians 2? Nope. Civil War? Yeah. It's got that's four. Cap one? No. Guardians one? Yeah. 
Thor three, three, uh, four, Ragnarok, three. sorry, Ragnarok two, Iron Man, no, and Avengers, yeah. Oh, we got Winter Soldier as well to get in. Forgot about Winter Soldier. So we've got six, yeah, one, five, and seven, and seven. So twelve, nineteen, right. Right, Any old. that hasn't got a wiggy score on is going to be where it gets tricky. So we're going to have to assume that it's going to be plus five or whatever for any wiggy add-ons. So yeah. I'll make that 30. Does add say or add six? Because it will be at least Well, six. I might be able to work it from this anyway. Yeah. 20. Oh, yeah, it will be, won't it? So, yeah, 31. 27 and 30. So then, going definitively... So I'll change this as we talk. So number five... Would be Winter Soldier. In it number five is Winter Soldier. Hang on, how do I do this? <laughs> this is great podcasting. Isn't it just? Okay, so num so write these down then. So number five is Winter Soldier. This is based purely on our rubbish maths. Four of it, yep. Number four would be Iron Man. Okay. Number three would be Thor 3. Yep, that's very consistent. Number two would be Guardians. Yep, again, quite consistent. And then number one would be Avengers. Avengers. So whose list came closest? Yours. You got top three, uh, yeah. And then I've got the wrong cap and Iron Man, but Iron Man's in the wrong place. So you got you got five. Out, you got four out of five. Um, then so wrong. Nope. Yes. Nope. And nope. So so he's got three. He's got three, but he's got one in the right place. So Stuart had four. Chris had. Andy had and Wiggy had. I got Iron Man, Avengers, Thor. Iron Man. So I got. I got, got all five. No, no, that's the first Avenger. Ah. I got four out of five, so, but I only got one in the right place. Yeah. And Craig had Winter Soldier. Yep. Ragnarok. Yep. Guardians. Civil War and Avengers. So he's got four out of five as well. So Chris, Guardians 2. Yeah, no, mate. What, was that deliberate? Have you texted him? No, I haven't. <laughs> I will do, though. That's, yeah, strange. Mm. So there you go. That so, we've just That is the, the definitive answer to the question. So by no means definitive, but for us... No, I think that is. That is now official. Doing a ranking. So, and if we went... How many starts do we want? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So we were one short of having a top ten. What would have been the tenth? I don't know. It gets so different from there, it would probably require... Yeah, proper maths. Possibly Black Panther? No, because mine's all the way down there. That would just rule out, surely. Yeah, it probably would. 
See, it's where we wouldn't have the Ouija boat as well, so. I know we didn't rape that pamper either. So. Yeah. Probably would have put Winter Soldier in at number six. In fact, Winter Soldier would have been six. Then. No, Winter Soldier was. No, yeah, Winter Soldier, sorry. Five, yeah. Was five, so six would have been Guardians 2. <laughs> All because of Chris. Then we'd have had a tie at Civil War. No, we wouldn't, because we'd add the six points on for Wiggy's non-vote. Yep. So it would then be Civil War at seven. Cap one at eight. No, because um, he had Civil no, War. Yeah. Chris had, um, Craig had Civil War as his number four. No, number two. Number yeah, two. so that gave it 24 points. So that's seven. Then it would have been Spidey at eight. Then Cap one at nine. Based on adding six points on for Wiggy. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, it would have been working out what that other one title would have been. So. Because I had Black Panther at six. Yeah. Chris had it at nine. You had it at 17. So what, six, nine, 15, 32. Had six on for Wiggy, 38. Winter Soldier were covered with, Homecoming were covered with, Guardians 2 were covered with, Age of Ultron. Um, seven, seven, yeah, for me. Ten, seventeen, thirteen, and he and add another, another six. So what? What we did we have? Sorry, sorry. What did you have? Avengers seven for Age of Ultron. Eighteen, uh, seventeen, because I had it at ten. Seventeen, thirteen, twenty, thirty, thirty-six. That possibly would have been our next one. Because everyone else had Thor way low down. Mm. So yeah, that's a rough top ten then. Would be Age of Ultron. Wow. So there you go. A ranking. Mm. So the five Marvel movies you need to watch. (laughs) (laughs) In this order. I'm surprised. It was it was surprisingly similar and different in a lot of places. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. We should rank something else now. Nineties action movies. <laughs> but yeah, that was it. If your opinion differs, yeah, let's now put your list on that. That would be very cool. And um, yeah, like I say, it's not an exact science. It's based on um, preference, mm. obviously personal taste all that sort of thing but I think we can argue that we've definitively worked today I think so based think on now official. based on four people yeah not one female perspective that's true I'm sure if my wife is involved then Iron Man would also win she's a bit of a Robert Downey Jr. fan well who isn't does your wife like any of the Marvel movies yeah she liked I don't think she's seen all of them. She liked the Thor movies because she watched the first two before watching Ragnarok. Did she like Ragnarok? She really liked Yeah, I think she really liked Well, as much as she liked anything. Yeah. Um, I think the one, her biggest disappointment was Guardians 2. Oh, right. Because she just said, this one's a bit boring. Yeah. Did she like the first one? Yes, she did. So, which I think for a casual which she would be a casual Marvel fan, yeah. is kind of telling. 
But yeah, so anyway, that's that. So let's do some quick plugs and then we can end this because we've been going for a long time. A long time. So hopefully everybody else got their lists out and started. Do you reckon we, we can finish it off in 30 seconds? Probably not. Right. OKTrueBelievers.com for yep. all your Trueblies needs. Sign up to the True Believers mailer at tinyletter forward slash troops. Yeah. Or tinyletter.com forward slash troops. Uh, follow I am Zoot at I am Zoo. It's the real Zoot on Facebook, but if you type in I am Zoo, I will pop up. Ooh, I'm also on Instagram. Hello. I'm also on Twitter. If you to type get in... massive head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm well, in this somewhere. Try to find me. 20 seconds. Uh, we'll probably be on before, but if not, we will see you at Sice in Cardiff on the 2nd of June. And if you're listening this far, if you type in Truffle Shuffle, we'll send you a Prezi. Will we? Yes. I'll, I'll send you a print. I'm Truffle not... Shuffle. Okay. Cheers for listening. Thank you and goodbye. Oh, uh, where's the stop button?